When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Don't touch me, dead baby. Oi, that's my dead baby. I'm the prince. I'm going to photograph it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another... True crimes. Against wine. Oh, that accent's changing. <laughs> Blimey. Okay. We have a very special episode today. Yes. Those of you who have been with us for a while mm-hmm. know that we like to shake things up every now and then. Yes, we do. So today we are not reviewing wine. <gasps> We're going to get liquored up. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> What's our liquor today? So we are going with gin today. Gin again. Okay. Yes. Okay. There's some really good gins out there. You've, and You've opened my mind to gin. And you've had this gin before. You actually had yeah. this at my wedding. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's pretty and it tastes good. So we are doing Empress Gin. Ooh. Comes out of British Columbia. It is a London dry gin. However, mm-hmm. primary botanical is not juniper. Like okay. it is with most gins, which is where you're getting that really piney mm-hmm. sort of Christmas tree flavor, which mm-hmm. I like, but I know that that's too much for you a lot of times. I like it as a scent, not as a taste. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So you just like to hang the open liquor bottle from your rear view mirror yes. while you're driving? Mm-hmm. And I tell the cop, it's just the scent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so this one is actually a mixture of eight different botanicals that all work together really well. Ooh. So you've got like ginger and coriander mm. and... A bunch of other things. And the list goes on. And the list goes on, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. You know, there's like grapefruit peel and okay. things like that. But so the it's primary. Like some citrus and mm-hmm. fruits and herbs. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the primary thing in it, though, that makes this particularly special is they use butterfly pea blossoms. Ooh. Which is a type of flower. Okay. It's a beautiful, beautiful indigo flower that mm. actually infuses into the gin and makes it this beautiful indigo jewel tone. It is color. such a pretty color. It's yeah. Gorgeous. It's one of those things you see a cocktail with it walking by mm. and you're like, what is that? Yes. I need that. Yeah. And not blue like gross sugary blue, blue raspberry. Yeah, exactly. No, not like that at all. Like really, really gorgeous. Yeah. But in addition to the color, it also is giving it its primary really floral sort of flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's an incredibly delicate light gin, mm-hmm. which makes it really fun to work into different cocktails, which Ooh, we'll get into later. Excited. But let's go ahead and taste yeah. it. So you said it's butterfly pea blossom? Butterfly pea okay. blossom, yes. That sounds like a whimsical name <clears throat> of a fairy in a it really an animated does. film. It really does, yeah. So, oh, so pretty. I know, it's gorgeous. And the color oh. changes based on what you mix it with. Mm. So it turns sometimes into like a lavender purple, to a pink, to Ooh. a really rich like amethyst. Ooh, yeah, I'm so excited. it's really fun to watch it react with yeah. other things. <laughs> Hazards of being a dog owner, a fur mommy. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to get it removed before it falls on my gin. It's fine. We know that you're just gonna drink it anyway. I'm fine. <laughs> 
So one thing that's really cool about this is, mm-hmm. I think I said, it, it's from Victoria, British Columbia. Yes. So there's a hotel there called the Empress Hotel. Mm-hmm. So it's named after that as well as our celebrity that we're going to get into. Yes. They came up with this idea through the hotel because they have a special, very British IT service that they do. Mm-hmm. And they have their own specific kind of tea called Empress Tea. And that's oh. also one of the botanicals in here. Oh, actual tea in Actual here. tea, yeah. Oh, cool. And it's a it's a blend of different really amazing high quality teas from all over the world, including mm. like Kenya, India, mm. and a lot of their botanicals like the coriander and the ginger, they ginger <laughs> they specifically get from India as well. So cool. the coriander itself has more of a citrusy flavor to it than coriander we would be growing sure. in our garden here. Okay. So it all works together really well. It's a very thoughtful beverage when you start to get into everything that they've sourced and the reasons behind Mm -hmm. it. So there's a lot of reasons why this particular gin works so well with our celebrity today. Yes. And we'll get into that in a moment, but let's go ahead and taste. And remember, for those of you back home, Mm -hmm. when you are sniffing alcohol, open your mouth slightly and rather than breathing in through your nose, breathe in through your mouth. Yes. So that way you don't singe all of your nose hairs off. Yeah. Or do it. Or do it. I mean, it's it's your life. Ooh, it smells very floral. So floral. It smells so good. But I also get some of that tea, like a floral Are you getting tea. The tea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that a little bit on the back end, maybe. It's weird to have such a, it's delicate and rich at the same time, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It won't make sense to you unless you actually interact with this gin, I think. Yeah, but. so pause the episode, go get some gin, yes. Empress gin, and then you can see what we're experiencing. I will say that this is a really easy gin to find, and it wasn't yeah. It wasn't at first. When it first came out a few years ago, our friend Andrea was like basically the sole rep for it mm. in like the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. But now you can find it at any good quality and how much is a bottle? It's not bad. It's like, I want to say 40 like $39, That's which not is bad for a really high very quality par gin. for the course. Yeah. yeah. And you can find it on sale a lot of times for around like $35. Perfect. But yeah. I would, I would pay more for this gin. Well, and gin's going to last you a while. Too. It is. It is. Yeah. One thing I will say is because the, the butterfly pea blossoms are an infusion in there, mm-hmm. the color will fade over time. So this is oh. something that you want to make sure you're not storing in direct sunlight mm. as well as drink it within the first year. But okay. I don't think anybody's really keeping liquor and trying For to age year, it. Yeah. yeah, so. Okay, let's taste. Oh, it's nice. It is really nice. Now, it mm-hmm. does still, you can taste the juniper, mm-hmm. but it takes a back seat to it all does, of the other yeah. botanicals mm-hmm. in it. So I was curious to see how you feel about that. I like that. Yeah. Better. I, again, like the it's juniper, balanced. it is more balanced. I like pine smells. Right. But the taste just isn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But this is very nice because it's not, like you said, like at the forefront of the yeah. taste. Like you're getting the botanical taste, I think, what, with us. So what do you taste in it? I mean, I taste a little bit of the citrus, but it's more of a flowery, mm-hmm. but like a light flower. Yes. I feel like I'm walking through a cottage garden mm-hmm. in the springtime. Like where I'm not getting like a particular floral flavor or scent, like in terms of, oh, that's lilac or that's you know whatever it's just you know how like you walk through the trader joe's floral section and it's just fresh yes it just makes you feel fresh yeah it feels (laughs) like you're in a garden or greenhouse yeah "Mm, yeah i like this 
It's really, really nice. It is really nice. Such a beautiful gin. Good choice, Jan Stoper. (laughs) (laughs) So, would you like to reveal who our celebrity tied to this gin is? You could probably guess, Mm -hmm. because we've dropped several hints, including in the name of this gin. Yes. Which I'm going to close up in case I knock it over accidentally. Good idea. (laughs) Okay. So our celebrity today is Queen Victoria. That's right. Yeah. So we're kind of on a royal kick. Yeah. We figured let's go ahead. It was time to do a liquor episode anyway. We've been on a kick for the last few weeks with the royal family of Windsor. Yeah. Let's take it back to- Let's go back in history a little bit. OG Europe's grandma- that, that was one of her nicknames, yep. the grandmother of Europe, because <laughs> she had a million kids and grandkids. Yeah, she had so many kids. Yeah, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So I know you know a lot about Queen Victoria. I do. That's a, an era of history that I've always really enjoyed. I mean, I will say I've never done like specific research into her, mm-hmm. but just through my reading about that era, I've learned a lot about her. And then, of course, I've seen like the Emily Blunt biopic, yeah. which is really good. Yeah, the young Victoria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feel like I also, when I was a kid, there was that book series called The Royal Diaries. Oh, where it I was never like, read those. It was like fictionalized diaries mm-hmm. of actual historical figures. Mm-hmm. And they had like Cleopatra oh. and Mary Queen of Scots and Queen Elizabeth, but as like teenage girls. And Queen Victoria was one of them yeah. while she was still a princess. And I enjoyed that when I was Well, I wonder if that book had a lot of stuff from her real life because she did write a lot of diary entries. Really? Yeah. Probably then because they did keep it really historically accurate. I'm sure they probably pulled from a lot of those documents. Yeah. There was always a really cool section in the back once you finished the book that was like a chapter link that had photos and Mm -hmm. showed how the author like did their research. Mm -hmm. So like... As a book nerd kid who was also a history nerd, Mm -hmm. that was always so cool to me to be able to, like, enjoy the book and then find out the writing process behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, so let's talk about Queen Victoria. Yeah. She was born, not Victoria, but Alexandrina Victoria. Alexandrina. Yeah. Sounds Russian. Yes. Well, it was an homage to one of her relatives, the first Tsar Alexander. Okay. Those people were all... They were were all mixing it up. Yeah. Yeah. So she's born May 24th, 1819. Okay. And she's part of the Hanover house. Yes. And she was the last the Hanover monarch. Now, the Hanovers, they weren't distinctly British, right? They German. Were German? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And there was the thing to like some complicated rules about whoever inherited the throne would also be like the monarch of Hanover unless you were a woman. Which is like, okay, so you can be a monarch in Great Britain, but not Germany? Okay, whatever. So when she became queen, she didn't get the Hanover crown. Gotcha. It went to like a cousin of hers or something who was the next male in line. Now, at that point, we're coming out of the Georgian era of England, right? Like King George? Yeah, because, well, and like thinking about... Like Jane Austen was yes. one of the great writers of the Georgian period. Yes. So at that point, I'm just trying to place Great Britain yes. in history. In history, yeah. They they were already kind of a, a major colonial and military Oh, for sure. Power. Yeah. Victoria didn't create the British Empire, but she certainly expanded it and like mm-hmm. reinforced it. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about her early life. She was the granddaughter of King George III, who was the king when America had the revolution against Great Britain. Ah. So he, up until Victoria's reign, he was the longest reigning monarch of Great Britain. And then Victoria reigned for longer than he did. And then now we know Queen Elizabeth II would Mm -hmm. beat out Victoria. 
But yeah, because she was on the throne time. for like 130 years. Yeah, it was like a really long time. Victoria was the granddaughter of King George III, but she wasn't directly in line. Mm. It's kind of interesting. She had to murder a lot of people. She did a lot of sneaky killings. <laughs> no, her father, Prince Edward, was the fourth son of King George III. Gotcha. And you know, King George III and Queen Charlotte had 15 kids. Yes. <laughs> That's so many kids. It's a lot of kids. Okay, for a time when somebody would walk outside and their socks would get wet and then they yeah. would die three days later. Yeah, well, a lot of these kids did die. <laughs> oh, God. But it's surprising that she was able to give birth to 15 children. Yeah, and she not... did. She did fine. Also, what's, you know, what's interesting is, you know, we just talked about a few weeks ago, Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. And how she came from a line where it was George and then Edward. Yeah. And this is how it kind of went. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. And also that she wasn't originally directly in line. Well, she wasn't. So these royals. Female British monarchs. Yeah. They'll, they'll get around those They'll get into royals. it. Yeah. So King George III and his wife Charlotte had a bunch of kids. Some of the older kids didn't have legitimate children. Oh. So that's why part of like the line of succession was kind of funky. There's actually a really good book about that. I wish I could remember the title, but it's by one of my favorite authors, Daphne du Maurier, mm -hmm. who wrote Rebecca mm -hmm. and the short story of the birds. But it's told from the perspective of one of the mistresses mm. of George's. I, I think it might be the crown prince, actually. It could have been because they were, they were getting babies left and right. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't doing it with their wives, which is kind of an issue. Where is this in terms of the Regency period? This is like right... When Victoria was born, like right at the end of the Regency okay. period. Because the Regency, as far as I know, is like early 1800s. Yes. And then Victoria's born And that in is when Jane Austen was writing. Yeah. I think this was like right at the tail end when Victoria was born. Okay. So her father, Prince Edward, he was already in his 50s when he married Victoria's mom. Oh. Who had already been married before. She was a princess. She was Princess Victoria of Saxe-Coburg in Sawfeld, like a German thing. There were so many independent German states right. back then. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like that in Italy, too. I think we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, all like, like the city-state kind of things. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many of these European countries, how recently they were a unified country as we right. know it. Like it's, for some of them, it's been... Like a century. Yeah. It hasn't been long. Really? Yeah. And her mother, from what I remember, was kind of a hard ass. Yeah. So we'll talk about her mom in a sec. So Victoria's... Dad, Prince Edward, and her grandpa both died in 1820. Oh. So she never really knew them. Wow, yeah, she's she was a baby. a baby when they died. She's um, a baby. Yeah. Little, little royal little baby. baby. She's a baby, she was. So one of her uncles took the throne, and that was her uncle who then became George IV, mm -hmm. was crowned. And then later he died. He didn't have any legitimate kids. So then it was another one of her uncles, William IV, who became king before victoria so these are all very rapid they, they didn't reign for a long yeah. time yeah and i'm assuming they all died of natural causes mm -hmm. wink wink <laughs> <laughs> not poison from victoria no yeah. not, not baby victoria poisoning her uncles she's like wham <laughs> she's got poison in her rattle oh that's cute she like shakes it and some drops fall and then you know she's what? like wink i know neither one of us are ever gonna have kids but if no. we did i would totally get them a, a little poison silver rattle. poison rattle yeah. oh for sure yeah my brother's having a child you want to get him a baby yes <laughs> yes we'll teach her teach the baby to like shake it over people's drinks yeah perfect so you talked about victoria's mom so she was basically raised away from the courts 
because her mom was so overly protective of her. Mm. And her mom instituted this thing called the Kensington system. Why do I feel like this is going to be involuntary genital checks and things like that? Well, it was very protective. Like she was basically never allowed to be alone ever. Jeez. Her mom I feel slept like I remember reading... in the same room with her. Yes, that's right. She wasn't allowed to like walk around any palace by herself. Like her mom or somebody else had to always be with her. And I think her mom kind of came at this from like a maternal protective kind of urge. But there was also this dude called John Conroy or Lord Conroy, who was a comptroller. What the fuck is a comptroller? I don't really know. It sounds like something <laughs> with like calculators. It's one of those jobs like I've heard, but like I look up and I never remember like what it actually means. Like an alderman? Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Comptroller. Comp- I, know, I, I know there's like city comptrollers. Yeah. If fact checker were here, he would He needs to, to get these cocktails out to us so he can Seriously. come here and tell so us. So fact checker is... <laughs> A man of many talents, as we all know. And so today he is doing double duty as both fact checker and bartender. But as we know, he's only one person. So one job has to suffer. And it's the fact checking. Gotta get on that. I keep trying to like get flakes of his skin off. Yeah. But he's like, get that scalpel away from me. Well, just scratch him with your nails. Oh, I could. Yeah. That's what they're for, right? 100%. (laughs) Yes. I also probably just save some of his semen. I mean, I have access to it all the time. I've got a lot in storage already. (laughs) Don't ask what I'm using it for. Cocktails. Oh, no, not today. (laughs) Look, I love you in Fact Checker, but we're not that close. (laughs) Yeah, so this guy, Lord Conroy, was really close with Victoria's mom. There there were rumors of them having an affair, which I think maybe was... I mean, that's the vibe that I always got about him. Yeah. And also, do you think that he was really that interested in the mom? Or was this like a power... It was a power thing, for sure. Because he was definitely trying to control Victoria because at that point it was presumed that she was going to be the heir to the throne. So like even as like getting good. Yeah. Even as like a kid adolescent, like people knew, okay, she's going to be the next one in line. Mm -hmm. And her uncle King William didn't really like Lord Conroy. So it was kind of like a little bit of a clash there, but because she was with her mom all the time and the mom did like Lord Conroy, she didn't really have a lot of say. Yeah. And they were trying to force Victoria to sign a Regency Act, which would have allowed them the power to rule for her if she became queen while she was still underage. Right. But fortunately, she turned 18. She didn't need that. And then a month later, King William died. It was like right after she turned 18, right? And she was, if I'm remembering correctly, she was living in Kensington Palace at the time. Yeah. I always got such a creepy vibe from... I can't remember his name. Lord Comptroller. Conroy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, it, I don't actually believe that this happened, yeah. but it gives me that creepy stepdad wannabe, like living yeah, boyfriend yeah. who creeps on his stepdaughter while she's in the shower kind of situation. I'm not, I'm not saying that he did that. I'm just, it's the vibe that I get. Maybe that overly familiar vibe. And controlling. And controlling. Yeah. Isolation. Yes. Well, she was so isolated. Like, she basically didn't have friends. She called her childhood, like, very melancholy. She had hundreds of dolls, though. <laughs> it was like these creepy I was not expecting porcelain that. dolls. <laughs> Does that remind you of your own doll collection? Oh, you know. I, I wish that I had hundreds. Well, you're I lucky. I have hundred. Hundred dolls. Hundred dolls. Interesting. Yeah. Is that something that was preserved? Is there like a Victoria doll museum that you I'm can sure go there to? is. England's got a lot of weird shit. So <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, I would go. I would go too. 
just to be like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And watch their eyes follow you. Yeah. So you walk from like exhibit to exhibit. Maybe sneak one into your fanny pack. Yes. Bring it home with you. Yes. Well, they're called bum bags in England. Bum bags? Yeah, because fanny means vagina. Oh. So you don't call it a fanny pack. It's called so a bum bag. You don't want to call it your pussy pouch? Well, I could just go that route. It's like <laughs> straight to the point. <laughs> Yeah, so she had this kind of very lonely childhood. Do you know what she asked for, like, immediately after she became queen? Fried chicken. No. Oh, I do know. I what do is know it? Her own bedroom where her mom couldn't sleep with her anymore. You're, you're on the right track. She asked for, a, like, an hour alone where, like, her mom and Lord Conroy weren't there. This poor girl is like, I need some space. Like, yeah. Let a girl have a bath for crying out right. loud. Can I have some bathroom time? Can I take oh. a fucking shit without? Can you imagine like her mom's always like hovering while she's on the chamber pot? Like, mom, get out of here. Imagine her like having her period. Oh, God. And how awful that must have been with that kind of mom. See, here's the thing. Having a period in the 21st century isn't great. But imagine in the 1800s. Oh, unbearable. Well, and also the pressure that's on you being the presumed next monarch. Yeah. And obviously for various hormonal reasons, especially when you're younger, your body doesn't always work like clockwork. Right. And so imagine the suspicions that would be harbored by the people around you if you were a couple of days late or something like that, where it's like... I've been with you all the time. What have you been doing? You know, that kind of situation. Well, she's been, I mean, it sounds like she never really got any alone time. So I don't think there's any of that suspicion that she is like sneaking around with anybody. But. I'm just picturing her being like Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. And like trying to poison their food so that she can get like an hour alone. (laughs) Well, once she's queen, she's like, fuck off. I'm in charge of you now. Leave me alone. Seriously. I want an hour. Just give me a fucking hour. Yeah. I've been like, I will put myself in the Tower of London. Yes. Yeah. So she became queen very young at 18 years old. And when she first started ruling, people kind of felt like, oh, she'd kind of be like a weak queen Mm -hmm. because nobody really knew much about her. But she was kind of pretty forceful with her personality. And being so young and sheltered. Yeah. I would think that she would be kind of a weak queen, too, because when you've been that isolated, you know, you haven't really had a lot of any experience in exerting yourself. Right. You haven't. Yeah. So at this time, she was still a constitutional monarch, which is what the monarchy in Great Britain is now, meaning that, like, they're not supposed to have a lot of, like, political power. They're supposed to be more of a figurehead, but she basically ignored that I was going to say, life. that doesn't sound like the Victoria that she, we know and She love. ignored that her whole life. She's like, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insert myself into the politics. Yeah. The first prime minister as... Tony Blair. Mm-hmm. Yep, Tony Blair's time traveler. Lord Melbourne, or Melbourne was the first prime minister under her reign as queen. And they were like pretty good buds. He would advise her and kind of like help her out, kind of help her how to rule. He would also like go and like eat dinner with her at the palace and like play cards and stuff. She was like, I have a friend. Well, yeah, and he was older, so she probably thought of him as like a father figure. Mm -hmm. And they were really close, but then rumors started like, oh, they're having sex. And people started calling her like Mrs. Melbourne. (gasps) I was like, that's so disrespectful. Oh, you dirty slut. Yeah. So he advised her. He was like, hey, you you really need to get married. Yeah, we got to cut this. We got to get this going. So she had already met Albert prior to her becoming queen, but she wasn't ready to get married because she's a teenager. Right. But eventually she and Albert did get married in 1840. 
Well, before we talk about their marriage, yes. why don't we get a cocktail? Yeah, let's get a cocktail. All right. All so right. Let me go advise fact checker slash bartender. Slash comptroller. Slash comptroller. Yeah, and I'll ask him what a comptroller is, yeah. too. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> we are back. And yes, our first cocktail. Yes. We are drinking a Summer Blossom Gimlet. So a gimlet is a classic cocktail. It's mm-hmm. in the martini family. Okay. Typically going to be vodka or gin mm-hmm. and have lots of fresh lime in it. Mm-hmm. So this is a riff on that, but it also has the inclusion of honey syrup and orange blossom water. Ooh, this is so pretty too. It's a very pink grapefruit kind of color. Isn't it funny how we were talking about how it's mm-hmm. going to turn colors? It's going to spill. It's going to happen. Okay. It's a coupe glass. <laughs> All right. Mmm. This is nice. I get the syrup in it. Yeah, the honey comes mm-hmm. through right away, but then gives way to the tartness. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the orange on the back end. Yeah. This is a perfect summertime. Yes. Warm weather drink. Wonderful garden party, backyard. Yeah, when are you throwing a garden party? As soon as you have a garden. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm trying. Actually, me and Fact Checker are working on it. You're going to surprise me with a garden? Thank you. I'm saying that we've planted most of the things in your garden. Okay, well, that doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, This is delightful. I love it. Mm. So this is a, what did you call it, a summer? Let me look it up. So we did not make up this recipe. This is actually coming from the Empress website. They have a wonderful list of different recipes you can use. And one of the things about this gin is because it's so delicate, you don't really want to throw it into just anything. Like you wouldn't want to throw it into a Negroni or something like that. You're going to completely lose any of the the delicacy of it. Yeah. So this is a summer blossom gimlet. <clears throat> Excuse me. You okay there? Like gimlet getting you? Okay. Gimlet got me. <laughs> yeah, summer blossom gimlet. Mm-hmm. I'll read you the description here. Ooh. This stunning summer blossom gimlet is the perfect floral twist on a beloved summer classic. Mm. The touch of orange blossom water can be swapped for rose water, if that's your flowery fancy. Multiply this recipe by your number of guests and batch it in a bottle for your next backyard picnic. So that's really nice to know that you can batch it ahead of time. Yeah. And not have to worry about making individual drinks. Exactly. And the orange blossom water, Mm -hmm. I was expecting to be kind of hard to find, but it really wasn't. It was at our local liquor Local liquor store. <laughs> this gin's it's getting to me. Ooh, the gin. And you can find it on the aisle that has like the bitters mm, and things like okay. that. So for all your cocktail needs. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I would like this with rose water as much. I'm very particular. So we actually looked at a yeah. a really beautiful looking cocktail that had both rose petals that you'd make like a rose syrup and mm. rose water in it. But it can so often lean towards soapy. And it's yeah. flavoring. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a very, very light touch with it. Yeah. It's rose- the same with creme de vile. Oh, that's what's in the aviation. It's oh, okay. The yeah, we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, like the rose water, I want to like it so much, but it's always like tastes like soap to me. It makes for a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing cocktail. But flavor-wise, you're right. I just... just mm, not for me. I always think I'm going to like it. Right. I, I want like, to. Oh, but my mouth feels clean. <laughs> well, there you go. So now that we are drinking a Blossom-flavored cocktail, let's mm-hmm. talk about Victoria and the Blossom of her youth. Yes. With her marriage to Albert. So what age is she at this point where they begin their courtship? Well, they started courting when she was a late teen. They married in 1840, so she would have been 21 at this okay. point. So young. Very respectable age, though, at that time yeah, to get married. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They were first cousins. 
honestly, I can't say anything about that because that's just what royals did back yeah, then. Yeah, like, any noble family. Everybody in Europe was a cousin at that point, yeah. so he couldn't avoid it. They were introduced by why, her why uncle. Why do you say introduced? Because like, they're was it cousins. Over Snapchat? Because like, they're cousins. How are you introduced to a cousin? You already know who your cousins are. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they had never met before. Well, whatever. They were introduced by her uncle, King Leopold of Belgium. Mm, yeah, King Leo. Yeah. He was the father of the other King Leopold who ended up building Kaschel Neuschwanstein oh, okay. and was responsible for the German romantic architectural movement. Oh, interesting. Okay. I like Neuschwanstein a lot. It's very pretty. Have you been? Mm-hmm. <gasps> yep. Lucky. Yep. I've always wanted to go. It's really pretty in person. It's up a big hill, though, which I didn't enjoy walking up. Oh, they don't have a tram? I, they didn't carry me up. <laughs> they didn't provide me a oh, tram. Okay. So that might be a deal, deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had to walk up that hill. I was very out of breath. I feel like you would you would not tell me that if we planned a trip there and I'd get there and be like, why did you tell me to wear these heels? Oh no, fact checker boyfriend and I, we would find transportation. I'd be like, meet you at the top. (laughs) Be like, whatever, I'm calling an Uber helicopter to drop me off. Oh, they have those? Very fancy. Yeah, so it was kind of initially arranged as more of like a political alliance, I think, on King Leopold's part. But Victoria and Albert like hit it off. Really well. I've heard that they had an actual very, very loving yeah, relationship. They, they really liked each other. Fun fact, she had to propose to him. Because she was the one in power? Yes. Because her station was above his. That's really as funny. Queen. And she's already queen Listen, at that point. You know I don't subscribe to gender roles. Yeah. So I say, girl, get it. If that's your man, go ask him. Well, and he was like, all right, lady, let's do it. Wasn't he a very artistic, kind of poetic soul, too? Like he was very into music was, and poetry. He was, very much into photography. Really? Yes. They had cameras? Yes, they had cameras in the mid-1800s. This is still like... How old do you think cameras are? Oh, wait, wait. I'm still... I'm sorry. I was thinking like 18, 19, and I forgot that's when no. she was born, yes. not when this is happening. Okay, <laughs> She yes. wasn't an infant bride. <laughs> He's just like photographing her in an infant. In her bassinet. Yeah. Wearing a wedding dress. Sexy baby pose. Sexy baby Victoria. <laughs> yeah, so they got married in 1840. Talking about her wedding dress because she mm. popularized this white wedding gown. Yes, because they didn't really wear white before then. You just wore your best your gown. Your nice dress, yeah. yeah. Well, she wore white to kind of show off all the like intricate lace work. And wearing white would have been seen as like a fancy thing because it's hard to keep white clothes clean. clean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I like where that. the it's association like a social with move. right. And I think that's the association with purity and white clothes and brides, like really. Yeah, because now the reason that people wear it is it symbolizes virginity, which is stupid. Because how many right. brides are actually virgins when they get married? Me. Mm. <laughs> I happen to know Mm-mm. that that's not true. Okay, just because we had that one night over. The first night. Yeah, so it was kind of cool that, like, she popularized that white wedding dress thing. Mm-hmm. Again, she was very big into her diaries. So she wrote, like, gushing diary entries about how much she loved Albert and how great their wedding night was. They didn't get a lot of sleep. Oink, oink, oink. Okay, I love that, though, because also, how often does that happen? Especially during that time period. Right. Well, Victoria loved sex. I've heard that about her. She loved having sex. And he was like, yeah, me too. Same. Let's do it. But she wouldn't have loved having sex if her wedding night had been just a mediocre wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. A few thrusts and then he's done. So good on Albert. Good on Albert. I think they both had like a mutual affection and love for one another. It seemed to be. They had nine children. Mm -hmm. 
Nine children. Nine kids. What happened to the other six? You couldn't have 15? Like <laughs> Lame. Yeah. I mean, um, Charlotte would not approve. No. So Victoria, even though she loved Albert, loved her sexual relationship with him, she did not like being pregnant and she did not like babies. <laughs> Fair. She liked her kids when they were older, but not when they were children. She called like newborn frogs. Like she thought they were like really ugly, which I get. I get it. I Newborns refer to them as scrunchy. maggots. Yeah, yeah they just look like little weird. human maggots, like larvae. Yeah. Now, did they have condoms back no. then? Well, they weren't using them, obviously. I don't know when. I know at a certain point in the Victorian period they did, and they were made of actual like, like, like sheep. sheep skin or something. Which like, is, or oh, sheep intestines or something Yeah, like something, that. yeah, that you could roll up and like tie off in some way. Ugh, I don't want to think about it. Fact checker can look up the history of the condom. <laughs> condom. Condom. Like um, London. Look like, yeah, exactly. Apparently there was some early tension with Victoria and Albert with the kids. And I think her just being pregnant constantly. Yeah. Well, it's hard if you it's, really, really love sex during yeah. that time. If you got an ounce of fertility, yeah. it's going to happen. Like, well, and there is still like this social stigma that a pregnant woman shouldn't appear in public. So I think after her like initial popularity, after like being crowned and like getting married, her popularity waned a little bit just because she wasn't as visible in the mm. public eye. Because she was constantly just, like, popping out babies. Yeah. That she didn't really want to have the babies. <laughs> Poor kids. She liked them when they got older. Like, by all means, like, she was, like, a loving mother when the kids were yeah. older. And I think she could have more of, like, a relationship that she appreciated. Yeah. It's interesting, I think, the dichotomy that's happening there. Because as a as the monarch, because Prince Albert remained a prince. Right. He was prince yeah. consort. Mm -hmm. Her being the monarch and now she's having all these children, it did put her in a very advantageous political place for marrying those children off to other very prominent royal families across Europe. And that's what happens yeah. when the kids got old enough. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a bittersweet thing where it's like, uh, she hates being pregnant. She doesn't like babies. But the more she has, the more powerful and secure she is. Well, and that's why she's called the grandmother of Europe. So mm -hmm. she and Albert had the nine kids, and then they had 42 grandchildren. Jeez Because those children were also very fertile, apparently. It runs in the family, I guess. Right. That's Popping so many. It's a lot. Now, not everybody survived into adulthood and all that. Because of the poison rattles. Because the poison rattles. That's what did them in. Sadly, Albert died in 1861. Mm. He had, had a and lot she of. She never recovered. Well, we're going to talk about that. She got that. the consumption. We're going to talk about that. So he died of what was then diagnosed as typhoid fever, but it was probably more likely that he had Crohn's disease or stomach cancer, which people didn't know how to really treat. Right. Because apparently he had a lot of like digestive issues for like a decade before he actually died. Mm. It's not so, a good time to have cancer. No, it wasn't. And she went into mourning, obviously, after he died. At the time, it was traditional to have, like, a year of mourning, mm -hmm. but she just kept wearing her mourning clothes forever. So she survived him until 1901 when she died. So for, wow. like, the next 40 years, she was wearing black all the time. That's so sad. But she also kind of took the mourning a little too far for the time, too. Not just with the clothing. Just the, the just adject weeping the through weeping the streets. weeping and the wailing, the gnashing her teeth. The throwing of the ashes. Well, she wasn't in the streets was the problem. She was like secluded, oh, she was secluded herself. Yeah. She didn't make any public appearances for like a few years, which kind of became an issue. Mm. Like at first people were sympathetic and then they're kind of like, where the fuck are you? You're the queen. Like you need to be out yeah. and about. <laughs> Come on, lady. Yeah, you need to be throwing that first pitch at the baseball cricket right. game. And she wasn't throwing the first pitch. It was a whole problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Kind of the sad life and, and love of, of her and Albert. That's really sad. Yeah. But she really did love him. And it sounds she, like it. And she ended up like telling her children like later on and kind of embarrassing them that the thing she missed most about her marriage to Albert was the sex. <laughs> they're like, Mom. I knew you were going to say that. But listen. Listen. I don't know if you plan on talking about this some more later on. So stop me if you do. Okay. But the Victorians have this persona of mm-hmm. being very st- strict, prudish kind mm-hmm. of people, mm-hmm. which I think that they were on the outside, mm-hmm. but on the inside, they were fucking freaks. Women were getting tattoos. Mm-hmm. Shit was going down. And I think it's really great to have a super sex positive mother figure in your life to be like. Mm. Well, I don't know if we would call her sex positive. Not sex positive in the sense of like go out and have sex. But like I'm sure that she had some very good conversations with her daughters, especially before they got married. She was like, when your dad would give it to me, it was great. (laughs) Just like telling them frankly, because how many moms during that period do you think were actually having – like do you think that Victoria's mother – had a conversation with oh, her, no. frankly, about no, no, what no, was no. going to be no. happening. I'm sure she said, like, okay, the day of your wedding, this is what's going to happen tonight. It's going to be your duty. You're yeah. not going to enjoy it. Right. Just yeah. have to, like, get it over with. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting kind of talking about, like, Victorian customs. So let's go ahead and segue into our cross-examination. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to need another cocktail then because I'm almost through this one. Okay. So let's go ahead and get some more cocktails mm-hmm. going and then we'll... See how well you do today. This isn't fair because Fact Checker has been conspiring against me. What? No. He's He said that's wrong. He said that's not a fact. <laughs> All right. So we are back yet again. Ooh, with our second cocktail. With our cold weather cocktail. This is called a spiced Asian pear gin gin. Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. This spiced seasonal cocktail is certain to get you in the mood for festivities ahead. Marrying the warm flavors of star anise, clove, and rosemary, the spiced Asian pear gin gin is a must try this fall and winter. Yes. So obviously it's got the Empress gin in it. There's yes. also a pear puree, which we mm. did ourselves, but you can usually Ooh, find that in like fancy grocery stores. Fresh lemon juice. We made our own spiced simple syrup that is with cloves and star anise. Fancy. And then you top it with ginger beer. Garnish Ooh. with a rosemary sprig and star anise. I love ginger beer. And Me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Chin chin. Or gin gin. Gin gin. There we go. Oh, my oh, God. This is, this is delightful. So good. And because today's kind of a chilly day, this is nice mm-hmm. to have. I was taking a little bit of a risk with this because, you know, I'm not fond of licorice-y, anise flavors. Yeah. However, with star anise, it's a little bit different for me. Like, in some iterations, I really mm-hmm. like it. In pho, for instance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, maybe I'll like this. And it paid off. I do. It paid off. Do. And I really like how you did the garnish on this fact checker with the... Mm. The star anise and the rosemary. It's very cute and wintry. It is. This would make a great Christmas party cocktail. Oh, yeah. Because it kind of looks like a a Christmas star, Christmas ornament. And then you've got the the, the rosemary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smells amazing, too. Fun fact about Victoria and Albert before we get into the cross-examination. They also popularized Christmas trees. Oh, Tenenbaum. Oh, Tenenbaum. Mm -hmm. Was that him or her? I'm thinking it was more him because he was more German. German. Custom, yeah. Yeah. Because she, even though she was German, she was... English, raised completely yeah. in England. Yeah. Usually, like she spoke like fluent German and everything. Well, of too. course, yeah. I'm sure she spoke several languages. Oh, she did. Yeah, she was multilingual. But yeah, so they really popularized that. And the fact that he was really big into photography and photographing her with their kids and kind of making it so accessible, I think that like kind of led to it as well. Okay, so 
I feel like the creepy doll museum that has her hundreds of porcelain dolls should then let out into a photography museum of all of the photographs that he took of them and the family. Yeah, I think that'd be actually sweet. But the eyes still follow you. Well, I was going to say, so you know, back then, like during Victorian times, they used to dress the dead children up. Yeah. And do you think that he did that? Was he like the photographer that did that for their dead kids? <gasps> that was well, their kids didn't die as infants. Oh. <laughs> Do you think he just grabbed some dead infant children and photographed them? Maybe. 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 He's the fucking prince consort. Who's gonna say no? Right. Who's gonna say Who's gonna say no? Don't, Who gonna check don't, me? Don't touch me, dead baby. Oi, that's my dead baby. Say, I'm the prince. I'm going to photograph it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Fair's fair. So let's talk about Victorians. Okay. So what I heard was mm-hmm. we are actually not doing a cross-examination this week because you love me so much. That's almost correct. Take a drink. Okay. The official answer is fact checker has said that I've been too soft on you. I told you fact checker was conspiring against me. He and I are collaborating, not conspiring. Let's oh, phrase it that way. Yeah. It's a collaboration. Yes. It's a meeting of the minds. It really. is. It truly is. And between the two of you, there's at least one. At least one. We, we share it. We pass it back and forth. So this is going to be a fill in the blank. And this is about like general Victorian life and etiquette and customs. Mm. There are 10 of them. You tell me which number you want to start. I will be generous with that. 10. Okay. Men couldn't give blank to women. Blowjobs. And that's still true today. Well, actually, that's not true today because women can have penises, too. Sometimes, yeah. He couldn't, Prince Albert couldn't give. No, not Prince Albert, just men in general. Men couldn't give blank to women. Mm-hmm. And let's get specific, an unmarried woman. Well, obviously, they couldn't give their dicks to unmarried women. Well, okay, but like, that was clearly off the table. Kisses. Kisses? Kisses. You said, give me kisses. <laughs> they couldn't kiss unmarried women. I still, I'm going to stick with blowjobs. Okay. Well, you're not giving the answer I want, so you're wrong. Take a okay. Drink. <laughs> What's the answer that you want? A gift. Of any kind? Of any kind, yeah. They couldn't, like, pick a dandelion and be like, here you go. Well, I'm sure you could pick a dandelion, but you couldn't give, like, a gift to an unmarried woman unless you were engaged. Oh. Yeah. Because the presumption was, like, it's a little too familiar and a little too flirty. So if a suitor did drop a gift off at a woman's house, she had to like ignore it and be like, I don't, I don't see or acknowledge that at all. I'll take a gift from anybody. I'm a whore. Right? A gift's a gift. Gift's a gift. Gift's a gift. (laughs) And make sure there's a gift receipt too, because some people don't have good taste. True. All right, next number. Let's do one. All right. The best time to call on someone was to make a social call. Like time of day? Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. Tea time. Which is? Around four, three, (laughs) two. Are you just listing numbers now? One. Okay. (laughs) My first instinct was two o'clock. That seems like a perfectly respectable hour. But then I know that they like to serve tea at those things, but maybe that's different from actually having, sitting down and having tea. I I think it was different than sitting down. So I'm going to say two. Okay. I'm going to give it to you. So yay, celebratory sip. Generally speaking, in the afternoon. I think tea time was like verging more into evening-ish. Well, it was because it was a tide you over before you had supper. Yeah, or supper, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I can't believe you're so gauchous to call it dinner. I'm from the lower class, as we know that. (laughs) 
<laughs> from the lower classes, are you? I'm eating meat potato peels. All I want is a room somewhere That's with right. some dinner. Yeah, because it would be very rude to call on somebody in the morning. Oh, of course. I'm still in my dressing gown. Right, yes. Looking over all of the gifts that the men have given me. But you're not supposed to acknowledge in public. Right. Okay. That's why I do it in the morning. <laughs> when no one's there. When the callers aren't here. Right. Next number. Nine. Okay. In blank year, okay, it became law that all kids five through 13 had to go to school. Oh, that's so unfair. There's so many years during There this. are so many years, yeah. Over 60 of them. 1852. No. 1871. Very close. 1870. But still wrong first to take a drink out of shame for not knowing your numbers. (laughs) I know my numbers. Just not, just not me British school history. I went to school, I did. I did learn to read and write. So that's pretty late. Eh. I mean, like, so if you think about it in this way, like, Public school as like a system Mm -hmm. in the UK has only existed for 150 years, which isn't a lot of time. I mean, how long has it existed in the US though? Probably about the same amount. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, which isn't a lot of time to be like, we need kids to learn to read. Do you think that it should be mandatory though for kids to go to school? Yes. Are you against school? I feel like- pro-education. I feel like a lot of- overthrowing of classes has happened due to education mm-hmm. and as someone who aspires to be okay upper here class, we go <laughs> one day one day oh no i'm not that person all right next number two blank were hired at Bachelor. arthur arthur blank arthur blank were hired mm-hmm. <laughs> blank were hired at bachelor's funerals to be there at bachelor's uh-huh. funerals mm-hmm. specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that like there's a thing for hiring mourners. Mm-hmm. But why is it specifically a bachelor's funeral that know. these people me. would be hired? You have to answer sometime. Ex-lovers. Like fake ex-lovers who are mourning. You are so close. I'm going to give it to you. Celebratory oh, sip. Yes. Are they prostitutes? No. Well, maybe somewhere. Who knows? Young women, specifically blonde women. <laughs> We're often hired. You would have had such a great career. I would have killed it. And not like I would have killed bachelors to like keep the business going, right? No, God, no. <laughs> After I get the gifts from them, like you're done. <laughs> Funeral time. <laughs> yeah, they were hired to kind of make it seem like the guy had more going on in his life than he did. That's hilarious mm-hmm. and so sad. Also question. Mm-hmm. If you as an unmarried woman mm. were to receive a gift from a bachelor, but then, and you can't acknowledge it, but it's right. sitting on your, you know, your front porch right. and you have to side eye it every time you walk mm-hmm. in or out, but then he dies in a tragic carriage accident. Oh, like then you can just later. be like, it's mine now. Yeah. yeah. Cause at that point you'd be like, I'm honoring his memory. Right. And he's this. dead. There's nothing improper about it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. So I mean, those are Rachel rules for the Victorian era. So what I'm hearing is not only is your business thriving, but you're also getting to keep gifts. Yeah. Win-win for me. Yeah. <laughs> Next number. Eight. Queen Victoria said that marriage made the woman a man's blank. Marriage makes the woman a man's slave. Yes. Is it really? Yes. Take a drink. Yes. Silvertory soap. Damn it. Yeah. So even though she really enjoyed her marriage to Albert, she was kind of torn on the whole institution of marriage, mm. even though she's very, like, personally conservative and thought, like, women should, like, kind of be mothers and wives. But also, I mean, I can see how that she would be torn, though, because she's also this... Queen. Yeah, she's yeah. the most powerful woman 
in, in the world. Western world. Yeah, yeah, basically at the time. Yeah. yeah. All right, next number. Three. Okay. Blank became popular during this time. White wedding dresses. Mm-hmm, we know that. Tattoos. Mm-hmm. Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about this. And Jack things. the Ripper. Was popular? <laughs> he was in all the newspapers. He was. That he wasn't all, maybe infamous. I wouldn't say popular. You can't tell me that people who were not prostitutes weren't <laughs> reading this and being like, give Go me all check. the details. And nom, 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 nom. It's so lurid. You know that they were. People love a good lurid story. Okay, I'm, you're wrong on that, but I will give you a hint. It is related to death somehow. Photography of dead babies. We've already discussed this, so no. Blonde, buxom women at- No, take a drink. You're wrong. Taxidermy. They would taxidermy dead blondes? Yeah. So I had a short span of success before it was all over for But me. then you were you lived on through eternity. No, animal taxidermy became very popular during this time, including like the fun, wacky taxidermy. Mm. There was this guy named Walter Potter who... Is he related to Beatrix Potter? And Harry, yes. So he started innovating. I don't know if he's related to Beatrix Potter. Or Harry. Or Harry. Time will tell, I suppose. He started popularizing, like, these kind of funny poses of animals in, like, human situations. And he was known for doing taxidermy of kittens having tea parties. Oh, my God. Shut up. Don't you want that? Yes. Okay. okay so, listen. But also, how do the kittens die? Mm, Natural Didn't causes. think about that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, my mother-in-law hates me for this, but I found an Etsy page back during pandemic mm -hmm. that I really want to get some stuff from for, mm -hmm. like, our gentleman's library. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we have this very, like... Two confirmed bachelors in the Victorian period yes. kind of vibe going. And I'll be the mourner at your funerals. Right, of course. We're not going to out. I know. I was waiting for you to say that. Silly, silly girl. But they have this page where it's mice uh -huh. holding like little martini glasses mm -hmm. or coupe glasses. One of them has like an absinthe bottle Aww. and they're wearing Victorian waistcoats or they have like a hat on and it's the, and little like monocle. It's the cutest fucking thing ever. And I want them. I know you like the taxidermy. Oh, there's the picture of all the kittens at the teapot. There are so many kittens. That looks like he just murdered a fresh litter of kittens, which he probably did. I mean, they're clearly all siblings. They're all, yeah, they're all related. Oh man, I don't want to know where those kittens came from. Okay, but the tableau itself? The tableau is cute, but oh, it makes oh, me sad. No. <laughs> the taxidermy practices weren't so great, I'll say. Ah! <laughs> See, okay, but the clothes why, are really cute. The clothes are cute. This is why I don't like taxidermy. Oh, she is a slut. Look at her. That little kitten, yeah, her She's pose. She's a little coquette. She's making eye contact. Look at that, fact Slipping checker. off the shoulder. Fact check that. Is she a slut or is she not? Yeah, fact checker's nodding, yeah. So you don't like taxidermy. I don't. I don't, I don't in general either because I don't like hunting and things yeah, like that. Yeah, not my thing. But, but little mice in waistcoats with martini just, glasses. See, I like fossils, but I don't like taxidermy. They're different. Are you afraid they're going to come alive and bite your toes in the middle of the night? I mean, they seem like they might. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next number. What did I just do? Three? Three, uh-huh. Seven. Okay, blank unwrapping was also popular in this time. Blank unwrapping? Mm -hmm. Gift unwrapping? No. We already talked about the gift thing. Well, but if you, you were married, one, you could have gifts. One more guess. Turban. Mm -mm. What? <laughs> Turban unwrapping. No. Take a drink. Mummy unwrapping. Mm. There we go. <laughs> That's right. And I should have gotten that. You should I, have gotten I knew it. that. Yeah. I, I knew thought that you were going to get that one. A lot of mummies were lost because of. A lot of them were eaten. 
by the Victorians. <laughs> you guys. And a lot of them were ground and made into paint. Also. You don't have to put everything in your mouth. You're well, like my dog. God damn it. They were deprived. So they're like oral fixation. Eating this mummy. Um, nom, 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 nom. Thousand year old dead thing. Yeah. So mummy unwrapping parties were really big. Well, because the occult was also very it big was, as well. Like yeah. seances. Yeah. Seances. Like, spir- like we talked about spiritualism before. Like those things were really big. Yeah. There was one guy and I didn't write down his name who unwrapped like 40 something mummies in his life. <laughs> These mummy That's unwrapping like a- parties. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Well, in the Victor, I guess it was like the fascination with like death And maybe for the Victorians, because they also had a lot of ceremonies around, like, death and mourning, maybe there was some, like, connection in that regard. Well, and the the mysticism. Yeah, and and the exotic, Yeah. But also, like, how did they remain such a superpower when you're unwrapping, like, 40-plus mummies? There should have been at least one curse that came up. Well, the curses came when they started breaking into a lot of the pyramids, too, in the early 1900s. Yeah. There's a paint color, fact checker, check me on this, called Mummy Brown. I believe I'm correct on that color. Where, like, they would actually grind up mummies, mix it into stuff to make it a paint, and then, like, use it in paintings. Okay. Is that real, fact checker? Did I hallucinate this? No, it's real. Okay. Yeah, and they used it in a lot of paintings. Oh, and I know that painting. Yeah. I mean, it's in, like, a lot of well-known paintings. So there are some dead people in your favorite pieces of art. Interesting. Yum. Well, that makes them, honestly, better art. Does that? I'm a Slytherin. Wouldn't you hate, though, like a thousand something years in the future if somebody like dug up your corpse, ground it up, and like used it for something stupid, like in a painting, Painting's or to not eat stupid. it to make them feel better? That would That'd bother, bother me. You. Yeah, and I would definitely put a curse on them for that. But sure. if I turned it into a beautiful piece of art to be enjoyed by everyone, and everyone comes and admire. Would you still haunt me. that artwork? Though? Yes, I would. Oh, I sure, would yeah. embody the the figures in the painting. Yeah, make them move around. Yeah, be creepy. Yeah, come right. out of the painting sometimes, Ooh. like um, the ring style. Oh yeah, for sure. Next number four. Okay, which percentage of children in the working class families died before they were five years old? The working class families. Yeah, not not the rich people or middle class people. Seventy. Before they're five. Yeah. 70% of children die before they were five. Yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> it, I mean, it is sad. So Is it less? Yeah. Is it 30? No. Is it 40? No. Is it 20? No. 10? You're all over the note of numbers. You know, I don't, I don't know which direction I'm supposed to be going here. <laughs> it's 60, so you're wrong. Take a drink. Okay, I was really close with the 70. You, you looked were, at me like I was a crazy person. I was trying to get you to retract you, it. So you did. <laughs> 60% of working class children died before they were five. That's awful. Well, and the reason was because they were sending them down into like hostile environments. Like four-year-olds are working in coal mines and shit. It was really bad. Like child labor was awful. There was a lot of poverty. There's cholera, mm-hmm. like huge cholera outbreaks in England too. I remember reading a book when I was a kid about this Irish immigrant girl. Mm-hmm. Who came to America, was living in like New York City or something like mm-hmm. that. And she got a job in the factories at like 11 or 12 years old. Uh-huh. And one of her friends ended up dying because they were in like this like mill or something. Uh-huh. And her hair got caught in the machinery oh, no. and it scalped her. And then she died of infection a couple of days later. Oh. But it like ripped her entire scalp off. Mm. Obviously fictionalized, but 
based on like real, real conditions. Yeah, exactly. Well, remember, and these people were expendable. Oh yeah, nobody cared about them. Yeah, because this was right after the Industrial Revolution. So like, there was a lot of machinery and factory work, and like all of this stuff was really big. But like, no workers' rights or like no. safety <laughs> rules or anything. Well, and you're all, you're coming. You enter into this new period of incredible machine technology. Mm-hmm production, creating all of these new jobs, Mm -hmm. but you're coming out of an era or still in it, but you're coming out of an era where these people are almost like serfs. Yes, they they are free people, but also they're economically, they're so poor that you may as well own them. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like this huge lower class, which is like working class, which used to be farmers, but now it's more industrial. Mm -hmm. And And people sending their young children off into cities. Yeah. To have a better life because, right. oh, there's jobs here for you versus right. struggling on this farm. Right. And you had like a very small like middle or like business class and then the upper class. Right. So unless you were in like the business or upper class, you were fucked. Mm-hmm. It was not a good life. Yeah, I definitely would be upper class. Oh, oh I'm glad we get to just pick. <laughs> you would be a professional mourner. We've already I mean, I probably make some good bank doing that. Yeah. And it's a lot safer than working in the mills. For real, right? And we've got two more left. Which number? What was that for? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to do six. Okay. Women would use blank to appear younger and prettier. I think of like a cosmetic thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mercury. Mm-mm. Oh, oh, I know this. Do you? Yes. They would use like belladonna, like poison nightshade, and it would make their pupils dilate bigger and flush their cheeks. Is that where arsenic is from? Because the answer is arsenic, so take a drink. Well... <laughs> Two different poisons, but... Yeah. But arsenic isn't from Belladonna, no. though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That would have a different effect. I'm sure they use. Yeah, it I really like the idea of, like, people using poison to, like, make themselves look better. They literally used like, to... Like, oh, no, why am I sick and dying now? Yeah. I think it was actually the Renaissance times when people would do drops of Belladonna into okay, their that eyes. Sounds more, and they would and also have, would, like, lead in their face yeah. paint and shit. They didn't know. Ugh. God. You're only going to be like 20 anyway. My favorite though was that the beauty standard was having a deathly pallor. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you picked the right cosmetic for that then. Well, yeah. I don't know that. I don't know the correlation versus the causation here, but. It goes hand in hand. Right. Yes. They would use arsenic. And I guess people just didn't realize arsenic would kill you for a while until people started dying. It was so much easier to get away with shit back then. Fact checker, do they also put arsenic in wallpaper? Is there something called arsenic green? Or again, am I making this up? You are not making this up. Is that a real thing? That's a real thing, right? Is it arsenic green or is it a different, is it like is cyanide it something else green? green? It's, I know what you're talking is it, about. Or it is arsenic green. Yeah, yeah. And the wallpapers and stuff at the time. Which honestly, it's a beautiful color. It's really gorgeous. Honestly. I love this one. I know. Like I would have that wallpaper. Just don't lick it. I, you know, I won't be able to restrain myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Arsenic they used for a lot and then killed them. Yeah. Oops. All right. Final number. Five. Yes, that's the final number. Some doctors recommending covering oneself in blank to prevent pneumonia. Covering oneself in blank. Mm-hmm. Peat moss. Mm. Make yourself a little bog mummy. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> and then people will come and eat you. Um, no, take a drink. Because you're wrong. Newspapers. Like the unhoused? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why they wouldn't just like tell you to use a blanket. (laughs) 
Blankets hadn't been invented yet. I guess not. <laughs> well, newspapers are just on every corner. Well, they were. I mean, it's incredibly to, easy to you access. you got to go to the blanket store to get Ugh, the blanket. And you no. already have pneumonia. I know. And the lines are terrible at the blanket store, too. You're going to spend half a day waiting for your blanket in the queue. In the queue. When you're queued up for your blanket. Yeah, newspapers. <laughs> How random. I know. It was so weird. I think that doctors back then were just they like. They were just bullshitting. Yeah. They were like, hmm. Hmm. I prescribe you newspapers. And, and a healthy dose of arsenic. Yes. It'll put you right as rain. That's and right. And you'll look beautiful. So, fact checker, how did Judge Topher do? He lost. Yay. I'm I vindicated. feel like I got like at least 50%. You will toast That's me. at least 50. No. Four is not 50. I win. I'm not cheersing you. Yes, you will. Okay. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. Well, you know what? What? That was an upset victory that was long due your way. It was long due my way, yeah. Let's talk more about Victoria. Okay. Let's um, do it. Let's do it. Do you want to know about a scandal that she had after her husband died? Yes. Okay. So her husband died 1861. She was in like the mourning and the widow's black and blah, blah, blah. She started to become really good friends with her husband's former manservant, a Scottish Highlander named John Brown. Isn't there a movie about there this is. with it's Dame called, Judi Dench? It's called Mrs. Brown. It's like a late 90s movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if he's yeah. in the cast. I've not seen it, but the guy who plays Mr. Brown, it's like a big deal too. He it's like was John Cleese or something. John Cleese, yes. No, I don't know. Fact checker's going to Google it. Yeah, so they started to become like really, really close. Oh, I was very close. Billy Wait, Connelly. Gerard Butler is in it? He wasn't. No, John he plays. Brown. No, he plays Archie Brown, his son. Oh, okay. Interesting. Jeffrey Palmer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it is. I've not seen it, Judy but Dench. I know of that movie. And there's also one where Queen Victoria has a relationship with not romantic, right. but like a friendship. With, like, an Indian Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second, too. So her relationship with John Brown went on for, like, 20-something years. It went on until he died in the 1880s. I 100% believe that she was just having a close platonic relationship with him. Do you carry your close platonic friends around? Because John Brown would carry physically pick her up and carry her around, and she loved it. And her doctor's like, hmm, that's I, weird. <laughs> I would enjoy it if people did that to me. Okay. She also would show him her knee. Oh! I know. Was, why was there something weird about her knee? She's like, oh, I fell and I bruised my knee. Look at it, John Brown. Look at my bruised knee. What a saucy little tartlet. I know. They would like drink whiskey and like play cards together. Whatever. Her husband was dead. I know. But there's obviously rumors started that like, they were together, which I kind of think they were. Maybe they were. I think they were fuck buddies. Good for her. I mean, she, she loves sex. She loves sex and she missed sex. She got her Highlander on. She did. Well, kill or be killed, am I right? When Victoria eventually died, she was, of course, buried next to Albert. Mm. She was buried like with her wedding veil and like all of this stuff. She was also buried in her one hand that wasn't like near Albert and it was kind of hidden by some flowers so her kids and grandkids didn't see it. Buried with a lock of John Brown's hair and a ring that he had given her. Oh, they were totally getting it on. Which had been his mother's wedding ring. Oh, they were totally yeah. getting it mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, honestly, 
just because of the social regulations of the time, she probably wouldn't have been able to marry him and retain any kind no, of like... No, no, because the social difference would have been too crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But good for her. Good for her. And she, Victoria was only in her 40s when Albert died. Too. Right. She, she deserved old. to have some yeah. companionship. I, and I bet she did find companionship with some, John Brown. Some companionship. Oh, am I right? There we go. <laughs> so her other man friend... Mm. that you mentioned, was this man named Abdul Karim. He was from India, mm-hmm. but he was a Muslim man oh. that she met in like the 1880s or 1890s. He was like a waiter at some sort of like event that she attended and they kind of struck up a conversation and became friends. And then he became like her language tutor. Oh, cool. Because she wanted to learn some Urdu. English. Yeah, she wanted to learn English. She's like, it's about time I learned. <laughs> And they were friends until she died, and then he just, like, went back to India after she died. Huh. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But there is a movie. I, who is that? Judy Dench. She's in that movie as well. Oh, so twice she's played Victoria. Wow. It's, I think Let it's somebody like, else play Victoria. God, Judy. Don't be greedy, Judy Dench. Unless is it part of a franchise? Is it, like it, is, a it is. It is like a Marvel franchise. <laughs> where it's just all Judy Dench, Victoria, Queen Victoria okay, based roles. But wouldn't you watch a Marvel franchise where Queen With? Victoria is a superhero? And she's played by Judy Dench? Yes. Absolutely. I always want to call Judy Dench Duty Dench. Duty Dench. Because it's like the Dame. Dame Judy Dench. My brain wants Dame Duty Dench? No, Dame Duty Dench. Dame Duty Dench. <laughs> DDD. Triple mm-hmm. D. Right? So I'm trying to be very careful, but the gin is also getting to me too. The den? Yeah. So that was kind of like her personal scandals with her life was the stuff. I, I get why it would be scandals, but I say you get it, girl. Well, I say get it, girl, too. Yeah. No, you don't. Time, you, you're not a woman who loves women. No. <laughs> you're not a girl's girl. No. I'm a girl's... Enemy. Bo- I'm a girl's enemy. That's right. <laughs> Showing up at all the bachelor's funerals. Crying my eyes out, elbowing the other women out of the way. <laughs> get out of here. I loved him more. Look at these tears. Yeah, so Victoria lived to be very, very old. She died in 1901, so she was in her 80s when she died. She outlived some of her children and grandkids, too. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. She was the first monarch to live in Buckingham Palace. Cool. Yeah. And she was Queen Elizabeth's great-great-grandmother. Wow. Which isn't that far. That's not that far when you think about it. I guess that makes sense, though. You don't think about the proximity of... Her time period to Elizabeth. I mean, it's only a couple hundred years. No, less than that. <laughs> Try really? again. Yes. When did when did Queen Elizabeth die? Twenty twenty two. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you meant Queen Elizabeth the first. No, the second. Oh gosh. Gotcha. How would Queen Victoria have been? Queen I heard Elizabeth granddaughter. The first? I heard granddaughter. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> I'll think. Yeah, no, that's actually really, really close. Really close, yeah. Yeah. One of, like, the big lasting effects that Victoria had was obviously on the British Empire. Right. So she became Empress of India following, like, some Indian rebellion in the 1850s. Which is why this is called Empress Jen. Yes. I don't really know, like, what the laws were around her being named Empress of India. Like, I tried looking it up, and it was very complex, and I got bored, so I stopped I mean, technically, because she had an empire. She did, but she was, like, queen of, like, Great Britain and then empress of India. Like, it was a separate title that was bestowed on her in the 1870s at some point. God, and there was a lot of problematic exploitation happening. Well, there there was, too. So there is a lot of really shitty things that happened under Victoria as queen. There was the Irish potato famine. 
She traveled potato. to Ireland. Potato. She traveled to Ireland. She's like, oh, that's that sucks for you. That's bad. Here, I brought two potatoes. Right. Basically, there was obviously like the horrible conditions for the working class throughout England. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of different wars going on under her, like happening in like South America. Not South America. South Africa was the Boer War. Yeah. Not to mention all just the, like, colonial expansion. Yeah, and all the colonial shit, like the India stuff. And there was a lot of terrible things that happened. But she was really intent upon expanding the British Empire because she believed, like, we know what's best for the people and we'll bring them civilization. Right. Terrible accent, but... (laughs) I mean... That's how she sounded, though. We don't know. We don't know. Photographs don't talk. Not in this world. Do phonographs talk? Do they have a phonograph of her voice? Oh my God, I bet they do. Like on wax cylinder? Maybe. And she's old? We'll have to go to the Porcelain Doll Museum. We'll have to go to- oh. It's narrated by <gasps> Queen, Queen Victoria. Yes. <laughs> Who are we talking about? You don't know. Jen! Jen! Jen. <laughs> are this, you- This episode is brought to you by the letter G. For Jen. <laughs> are you getting any other taste out of the gin, by the way? I mean, in the cocktail? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, because it's so delicate. What about in your own little sippy glass of gin? A sippy cup? Yep. Mm, still the same. Still gin. Okay. Yeah. Liquor doesn't really open up like that. I didn't know if this one was special. I guess not. It's still delicious. It is still delicious. So, fact checker, what did you find? Oh my gosh, are we going to play this? Yes, let's play it. So, this is a recording from 1888. Oh, so as we she all was know, almost dead. Three years oh. away. 13 years away? Yes, that's math. (laughs) (laughs) We have stated multiple times. We are very consistent in our stance that this is not a math podcast. That's the one thing we're very consistent about. Okay, let's hear her voice. No, this sounds like a haunted. Stop playing it. Stop playing. We're going to get a ghost popping up in the I'm room. I'm trying. Oh, no. <laughs> this sounded like a sonogram. It was just like you hear like the whoosh, 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 yeah. whoosh. But the, I don't know if you guys could hear this through that very poor quality. I mean, honestly, do better, Victorians. Do better. Do better. Sharper image. Come on. Let's um, go back in time and invent sharper image. <laughs> yes. But just the tone of her voice sounded very much like Queen Elizabeth II. It does, yeah. It's that... Like royal accent. Mm-hmm. Posh. Posh. Do you know that Victoria had some moments of like extreme unpopularity and she had multiple assassination attempts on her? I mean, that's pretty par for the course. Do you know how many? Guess. Four. Uh-uh. Seven. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> she had seven assassination attempts on her. That's a lot. A lot of them happened, excuse me, when she was like out on carriage rides and people were like, mad and got a gun like i'm gonna shoot you but guns weren't so great accurate yeah Yeah. so nothing are much better or blow darts well they didn't do those they should have they should have one guy got close enough to hit her on the head with like a cane and like crushed her bonnet and like made her bruise and bleed from her head at one point oh my god guards do better i know one guy was apparently mad that she didn't accept a poem from him that's hilarious and so, like, he tried to shoot her and it didn't work. <laughs> it's like all these weird, crazy dudes. 
So I do have a favorite. Assassination. Not so much scandal, but Mm. conspiracy theory surrounding Queen Victoria and her children. And it is the theory that one of her sons was Jack the Ripper. I've heard that before. Do you I don't that? know that I believe it, but it's my mm-hmm. it's my favorite conspiracy theory around all of that. Because it was the same time period. Yeah, and well, and one of her sons famously dealt with a lot of mental illness and would fly into fits of rage, and he would also disappear for days at a time. Do you and think they that's were also usually, just being spoiled and royal and never learning how to behave? It could be partly that. Also, again, the amount of inbreeding uh-huh. when you've got that many children, at least one of them is going to have some one of them's serious, be bad. yeah, mental like, yeah. yeah. But a lot of his disappearing for days on end would coincide with <gasps> the murders. So it'd be like, maybe it was him. But there's also, <laughs> I take it back. This is my actual favorite one. Okay. <laughs> There was a theory, mm-hmm. and there were cartoons drawn at the time. Fact check, you can probably find them. Cartoons at the time of Queen Victoria as a vampire mm. who was, like, flying through the city at night <laughs> and attacking these prostitutes, and she was Jack the Ripper. What? Yeah. That's nuts. I love it. It's so National Enquirer I know. Level. It's like Hillary Clinton adopts Bat Boy. Right, sort exactly. Of like weird yeah. shit. And I just, like, it's so fucking unbelievable. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so... Obviously, the Victorian era was known for being, like, very prim and proper, but then it had a lot of this shit going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So, Jack the Ripper, was that, like, 1890-whatever, Jack the Ripper? 1890s, I believe. Like, toward the later part of the Victorian era. Which, damn, if she was actually Jack the Ripper. She's an old lady. She'd have to be a vampire. 97? 87. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know my numbers. 53. It's impossible to know. We'll never know. speak, man. Speak. (laughs) So Fact Checker's like trying to like mime numbers to us and we're not getting it. It's anywhere from like 15 to like 42. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. (laughs) What's that date again? Just say it. I'm going to spit out my drink. 88. I did it. You did it. I did it. Yay. Wait, 88. That's what we that's just... That's when she oh made the recording. Oh, my God. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. No wonder it was so muffled. She was like She's eating. murdering. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, and we all, of the, all of the skirts the prostitutes were wearing. Oh, I know. Good thing we're here to solve it. Well... You heard it here first. You know what? Historians have been baffled by this mystery... For over a century. And it only took two drunks to crack the case. So I bet you feel real stupid now, historians, yeah, don't ya? don't ya? How much money can we get for this now? Oh, we, I think we just gave it away for free. Well, I think that the Crown owes us. They do. They owe us titles, mm-hmm. castles, mm-hmm. and a budget to take care of those mm-hmm. castles. And we will accept those gifts. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Plus dual citizenship. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't want to be, like, kicked out and not be allowed to enjoy our castles. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so, like, the Victorian era of, like, prostitution and opium dens, that was kind of like the other side of, like, the Victorian life. So there was this idea of, like, being very proper and falling into, like, traditional gender roles and being very conservative. Mm -hmm. And, like, this very middle, upper-class, bourgeoisie attitude. But then I think people were so repressed, they're just like, fuck, I'm going to go see prostitutes, whatever. Well, like I said earlier, the whole thing of, like, it was – a big fad for, like, upper-class women to go and get tattoos. Because they would be covered and other people wouldn't yeah. see them except for, like, your husband. Or your gal pals. Your gal pals. Just palling around. Mm-hmm. Being a couple of gals. Being a couple of gals. Mm-hmm. With your cats. 
<laughs> with your There pussies. we go. There we go. I was waiting for that to come up. <laughs> it's interesting how popular the Victorian era is in our culture and movie time. Mm-hmm. But it's such a big period of time. It's 60-something years. It's a huge period. But I think we tend to think of the Victorian era as, like, in the later 1800s. Even looking at the way that fashion changed mm-hmm. so much. Like, you know, at the beginning of Victoria's reign... You still had these puff sleeves, off the shoulder, really big oh, ball, like round skirt. ball gowns. Yeah. yeah. And then you go into hoop skirts and things like yeah. that. And then by the end of it, you're it like in a bustle. bustles with yeah. kind of like, not mermaid, but you know what I mean. Well, much, it was much like, more slender silhouette from the front. and Yeah. And then the you side. have the big bustle in the back mm-hmm. and you'd be pinched in with a corset in yes. the front. And not, not showing any sort of. You wouldn't have skin showing yeah. really. Going all the way up to your neck. Yeah, you would have like your your face, your hands, and like that would be it basically. Well, even maybe not your hands. I mean, you'd be wearing gloves. Gloves, yeah. Because yeah. God forbid I should see cuticle. I might stumble. That's right. <laughs> What's your favorite Victorian fashion? Mm, I honestly really love Victorian men's fashion, mm. especially, I mean, the all of the suits and mm-hmm. the cravats and everything, mm-hmm. the ascots are fantastic. But I really love the bohemian upper class gentleman in his artist studio mm. where he's wearing like the silk smoking jacket, yeah. dressing gown situation, you mm-hmm. know, velvet slippers. Mm-hmm. That's very much my aesthetic. That is how you're dressed basically every day <laughs> and today. Included. What about you? What's your favorite? I think probably like the later part with like the bustles. I think that would be kind of fun to wear. So you like big butts and you cannot lie. That's true. I wouldn't like the hoop skirt part. That just seems cumbersome. It seems very difficult. Yeah. But also kind of fun to walk in. Like, Maybe. Just kind of like push whoosh, people all the way with your hoops. But honestly, a lot of, at least moving into the early part of the fashion that you're talking mm-hmm. about, a lot of those skirts, even though they weren't big and voluminous, mm-hmm. were still hooped. Mm-hmm. For the shape of the yeah, skirt. And it yeah, and it would keep it very stiffly cylindrical. Yeah. Which almost to me is like, I'd rather have the very wide hoops. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think it was a very difficult time to... to wear clothes. To wear clothes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> both men and women... So many it was clothes. so, so many restrictive and how hot must it have been? Oh my gosh, I know. I'm somebody who runs hot all the time. Mm-hmm. I would have been sweltering. I know. I would have been like, sorry, I'm not doing anything social. I'm staying in my artist studio yeah. wearing my silk dressing gown. Well, even in the UK, like it's not known for being warm, but like it still gets warm in spring and summer. It gets you're hot gonna, as You're going to be sweaty. And you're in a in a city yeah. where it's going to be hotter. Oh, gross. Everybody's smelled real bad. Oh, and, the, you know, the Thames was... Disgusting. Oh, the Thames was disgusting. Yeah, well, that led to a lot of, like, the cholera outbreaks. Mm-hmm. I will say as far as, like, hair goes, I like the later Victorian hairstyles than, like, the early Victorian. I don't like the center part, like, real smooth down Victorian kind With, of hair. With, like, the big braid that's, like... Yeah, that's not my favorite. Sticking up, and then you've got the ringlets of curls. Yeah, I don't you like that. It looks so cute, though. It's very, like, Victorian Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, it's not my, my, I prefer like the later 1800s where the hair has more like body and volume to it. Mm. It's still put up because like loose hair was too sexy. Oh yeah, no, you don't Mm-mm. do that. Mm-mm. What are you, some kind of floozy? Yeah, prostitute. Watch out for Jack the Ripper. What are you, Mrs. Brown? <laughs> Hardly. Where's my man to carry me around? <laughs> <laughs> well, should well, we deliver a verdict? Yeah, let's do a double verdict. Okay. All right. On Queen Victoria. One, two, three. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. You, I mean, you did supposedly great things for your nation in terms of building up wealth and amassing wealth and wealth yeah, and, and she kind money of like and... returned respectability to the monarchy, whatever. 
but you also colonized a lot. Yeah. Boo to you. But good, but, on, but good on you for the sex education that you gave your daughters. Supposedly. Tover's imagining this. Yes. The Empress Jen. Oh, God. Not, not guilty. guilty. Not guilty of anything. If if anything. If anything. This was a gross. Miscarriage over, of yeah, justice. Yeah, miscarriage of justice. Yeah, yeah shouldn't have even, even been on trial. Mm-mm. We're going to elevate you to star witness. Yes. 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 <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> All right. Well, if you happen upon any fun liquors mm-hmm. or wines that are tied to celebrities or historical figures yeah. or writers, yeah. feel Tell free us. to yeah, reach out and let us know. You can always reach us at True Crimes Against Wine on TikTok as well as Gmail. Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we would love it if you would ask us questions as well. We'd be happy yeah. to answer them for you in our sidebar episodes and send you a little bit of swag. Yes. As well as don't forget to subscribe to us and leave a review because that would really help us get ourselves out there. Yes, we always want new listeners. We want to know that you are enjoying what we put out. That's right. Well, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Bye.